Hello, everyone. <laughs> cool. So, it's a privilege to be with you guys today and to be um, sharing with, uh, with you God's Word. So, I'll tell you what we're going to be talking about before we pray. But, essentially, it's pretty much the Bible. How do I read it? How do I know it's, it's real and it's the truth and it's actually the Word of God? Um, and what's the point in it all, okay? That's what we'll be discussing. But let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this time that we're about to have. Lord, we pray that you're in the midst. We pray that you speak and that you move and you know everyone's hearts, Lord. And uh, we pray that people are challenged today, Lord, and that you uh, speak through me, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Cool. So, firstly, I'm going to start off by saying, how do we know the Bible is the Word of God? Okay, Because I feel like a lot of us grew up in, in Christian homes, perhaps not in Christian homes, and you just believe the Bible to be, all right, it's this book, it's the Word of God, and um, my parents told me about it, and I just believed it because, because of so. But how do you know? How do you know it's actually the Word of God? And that's what we're going to unpack in the first section here today. Okay, so let me start off by reading John 1.1. What does the Bible have to say? Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that's what the Bible has to say kind of about itself, I guess. But if we were to say that the Bible is true, then that means the Bible is truly the Word of God. Based on that verse that we just read, God is the Word, the Bible is His truth, then that means the Bible is true. But maybe for you that's not enough tonight, okay? And we'll unpack that as well later. If you're perhaps not reading your Bible, you might not know who God is at all, or you might just have so many questions surrounding uh, God and you perhaps don't really understand who He is. But... If the Bible is the Word of God, then to dismiss the Bible is to actually dismiss God Himself. So by rejecting the Bible, you are essentially rejecting God because that's them together. It's the Word of God, right? So the fact that God, the Creator of the universe, the Maker of heaven and earth and the things that you've seen, the things that you haven't seen, actually provided us the Bible and something that we can open up and read and understand more about Him and, and be in relationship and, and fellowship with Him shows that this God that we worship truly loves us and wants the best for our lives, which is why He provided us the Bible. And for God to have a relationship with us, then He must help us understand who He is. And the Bible does that. Firstly, what does the Bible actually say about itself? 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now you must be thinking, uh, how do I believe this? Or how can I believe this? And there are two sort of ways that we're going to unpack right now. There is one, um, which is internal evidence inside the Bible. And two, there is external evidence 
outside the Bible that both back up the reason why the Bible is actually true and it is God's Word. So we'll start off with the internal evidence first. And the number one thing that I want to touch on is unity. The unity in the Bible. So if you're not sure, the Bible is made up of 66 individual books. It's written on three continents in three different languages over a period of approximately 1,500 years by more than 40 authors who all came from different parts and different walks of life. And at the end, over that period, the Bible still remains one unified book from beginning all the way to the end over all of those years with zero contradictions in there. The Bible is truth. There is nothing that contradicts each other within the Bible. And this, uni- this unity that we speak about just now is unique from any other book. You won't find it in any other book. And the evidence is proven by God helping the, the men write this uh, Bible. So that's number one, unity. Number two, we have prophecies. Um, so if you don't know what a prophecy is, it's things that are predicted to happen in very accurate detail and they do happen. So there are actually hundreds of detailed prophecies relating to the future of individual nations within the Bible itself. Even the coming of Jesus on earth was prophesied even before Jesus came to earth. And there were actually over around 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. So if you know your Bible, you know that Jesus came in the New Testament But this is the Old Testament, before Jesus even touched the earth, stepped on the earth, he did touch the earth, but before he stepped on the earth physically, right? There were over 300 prophecies. And not only did it say where Jesus was going to be born, it named his lineage, but also how he was going to die and how he would be risen from the dead. And there is absolutely no other religious book out there with the extent or even the type of perfect prophecy that the Bible contains. So that's the second one. The third one, that's the unique power and authority of the Bible. This one is a little bit more subjective than the first two that we've tackled, but it's still truth. Um, if you, any of you guys were to speak to any of the leaders in this room um, about what the Bible has actually done in their lives, You would find amazing things and great things that have happened in each of these people's lives purely from reading the Bible. And if you look more specifically at biblical characters, you'll see that their lives were transformed when they interacted with God. When they met Him, their lives could not, could not have been the same as it was before. There has to be a change that happened. And that's what the Bible has. The Bible has the power to change a person's life. And you simply can't read it without being convicted to repent, to change, or to want to understand more about the Bible. It's, um, as they say, it's the only book that when you read, it reads you back. Um, You know, have you ever, have you ever sat down, for example, and opened to a random page, you haven't read your Bible perhaps for quite a little bit of time, and you read a few things and you're like, what the heck? Like, this speaks directly into my life. How... How can this happen? You know, I haven't read my Bible for, for a couple of weeks and, you know, I feel like this is directly my situation in my life. That's the power of the Bible. That's the power of God 
that this Bible is not outdated. This book is not uh, a thing that was written for history's sake. It's not a history book. It's a book that is alive today and tomorrow and forever. So those are the internal evidence of the Bible and why it's real internally from that side. So on the flip side, if you're like, well, this is just written in the Bible, you can't really say that it's true because that's already inside it and it doesn't make sense. Well, there's also external evidence to the Bible being the Word of God. Um, and first thing is history. The, the, the Bible actually details historical um, events. But therefore, we need sort of proof of the truthfulness and the accuracy of these events that happen. And through both um, archaeological evidence and both writings and historical accounts, the Bible has been proven time and time again to be accurate and truth by people who are not Christians, by people who don't care about the Bible or um, or believe in Jesus dying on the cross for you, right? These are just... I guess some of them are, but some of them aren't. These people, it's their job to, to go through history and identify what's real and what's not. And time and time again, it's proven that the Bible is accurate and is true. In fact, all the archaeological and all manuscript ev evidence supporting the Bible makes it the best documented book from the ancient world. Compared to any other books, it's the best documented out of anything there is. And number two is the human authors. I know this is heavy, but sit with me. <laughs> the human authors in the, in, the, in the Bible. God uses people to write the Bible from all different walks of lives and different parts of the world. And all of them were willing to go to the extents of gruesome deaths and crazy things happening in their life, all for the sake of the gospel. And some people who even wrote the New Testament were people who physically walked with Jesus and they knew him on, 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 a, on a basis where I'm talking to you right now. It's, it's very real. It's very um, something that you see, something that you interact with physically. They walked with him and they even saw him raised from the dead. And number three is the indestructibility of the Bible. Ever since the Bible was written, um, it's been constantly attacked. More than any other book in history, more than any other book, the Bible has been year after year, century after century, tried to be attacked, but the Bible had never been broken down. And this goes all the way back from Roman emperors to kind of nowadays to communist dictators to modern day atheists in our, in our schools and um, agnostics and all that sort of stuff. It's being attacked by all of these people. But the Bible has withstood and outlasted all of its attackers and is still today the most widely published book in the world. Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. If you know the Bible is real and you trust it, you will understand this that no matter the attacks, no matter what people try to do to, to bring the Bible down and to try to say it doesn't fit the culture of today, the Bible will never pass away. And I guess some of us growing up would have said, the Bible's outdated and I, I don't really understand it. It's, it's an ancient book that was written for people back in the day. But that's not true. Roman 15.4 says, 
For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of, of Scripture, we might have hope. It's written for our instruction. It's made for us. It's a book that's written for historical times. It's written for 20 years ago, for 10 years ago, for 5 years ago, for today and forever. It's not a book that is written for any time period, but for all time periods. And I just want to challenge you today that perhaps it's you who is adapting to society and trying to fit the Bible within what culture tells you is okay. But as Christians, the Bible should be shaping your culture not your culture shaping your Bible. Anything that you see is happening around you and what society tells you is okay, what does the Bible, go to the Bible, refer to it. You see all these protests happening. You see all this COVID and this vaccines and this um, leadership. Should I respect leaders? And um, uh, all these sort of different things happening. Homosexuality, all this stuff. What does the Bible say? Because... It's very easy for us to say, I support this thing and I stand up and this is what I feel. But it's not about how you feel, but these are biblical truths that if you believe the book, you believe everything written in the book, not parts here and parts there. And I can tell you there's things in the Bible that don't sit that comfortably with me. Like there are things in there that I'm like, oh, like I wish that wasn't written that way. But... I have no right to question that. It's not my place to question that. If I say this is God's word and this is God's truth and this is what God is saying, it's not my place to question that. It's my place to trust that. And there are things that I toss up and, and I say, well, people, some Christians believe this and some Christians believe that. Why, why, why is there this sort of breakup? And I feel like in, in this society, in this day and age, we try to fit the Bible in what culture wants it to look like. But that's not what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to be God's word delivered to you. If you have a problem with something that's written, figure it out between you and God and then accept it. Don't share it out into society and say, oh, this is a problem here, this is a problem there. God, at the end of the day, God doesn't need to defend you, but it's for your own sake. Um... To a little bit more practical side of things, why should I read my Bible? Why should you read your Bible? And I'll ask you this follow-up question to that question. Um, I'll ask you, what is the purpose of life? I'm legit asking you. Someone put their hand up and tell me. To you, what do you think the purpose, the point of us humans existing is? Just anyone. Why do you think we exist? One person. Yes, Danny. To glorify God. To glorify God. Cool. Freddie, you had something as well? Um, uh, I, I kind of thought like t t uh, for God to test us to see if we're worthy to go into heaven. Yeah, cool, cool. All great answers. And Danny, you nailed the... What's the saying? Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, you're essentially right, Danny, in that our purpose on earth, our purpose on earth is to fear God and keep His commandments. That's our purpose. And some of us might be sitting right now and thinking, well, that's a bit mean. Like, why is God trying to, to control me? Why is he trying to force his agenda on me, right? 
Um, but that is truly God trying to give you the, the recipe for satisfaction. That's not, that's not God forcing something down your throat and telling you, we'll, I'll get, we'll get to questions at the end, but that's not God trying to, to force his agenda on you or anything like that. But that's God giving you the best life that you can live. And you have the decision to either accept it or not. You don't have to accept it. But he's just trying to put you on the track, to put you on the road, to have a satisfying life. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you truly, truly want to live a life to the fullest, as God intended it to be for your life, you have to listen and heed God's written word. You have to spend time reading your Bible. You have to. It's a must. And I guess continuing on the purpose of life and what we were just mentioning just then, if you look at all biblical characters and the people that we read about in the Bible, they all struggled with sin. They all had shortcomings and things that they didn't do so well. But even though they struggled, that's not only so they can you know, fall and pick themselves up and learn, but that's to help others around them learn as well. These people fell and struggled and they were written about in the Bible, in God's word, for us to learn as we read earlier. So you don't have to have the same mistakes as they do. You don't have to have the same, the same falls and the same struggles and the same um, problems with sin. You can look at these people and say, okay, they struggled with this and this is how they got out of it. And it always pointed back to God when they got out of it. You can do the same. You don't have to fall the exact same way. And also, us as youth leaders, if you were to, to speak to us, we will tell you about our struggles and the things that we stumbled with. And we'll tell you that, not, not, to, not for you to laugh at us, but for you to not have the same struggles and the same falls that we did. Our vulnerability leads to your maturity. Use us, guys. Speak to us. But most importantly, speak to God because He knows what's best for you. And He wants to tell you what's best for you. But it's for you to find out. Don't come up to me or any of the leaders and ask, what does God want for my life? Ask God what He wants for your life. Spend time reading His Word. You can't know your purpose without spending time with the person who tells you what your purpose is. So to backtrack on what we were saying, how do we fear God and keep His commands if that's the purpose of life? How do we do that? Well, the Bible shows us God's character and provides us God's revelation of himself to his people. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show you, but take the step in knowing him and opening the word of God. In each section of the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, if you open up the Bible, you will see that God is holy, God is unchanging, God is faithful, gracious and loving. He does not change. The Bible is errorless and does not change. You see, we should read the Bible and study the Bible because God does not change and because mankind's nature also does not change. I'm going to say that again. God does not change 
But mankind's nature also doesn't change. You need to be in a relationship with your maker. Whether you know God or you don't know God, he made you. Therefore, it's your natural human instinct to have a God-shaped hole inside of you that could only be filled by God. You can try to fill that with whatever you want to fill and whatever is happening in your school and the pressures of the world. You can try to fit that, but it's not going to fit because there is only one person that can fill that void inside each of us and that is God. If you look at celebrities, because I think a lot of us and particularly at this age, we, we look at celebrities and we say, wow, like what a life, you know, they're really living it up. They, they got, what's relatable these days? Charlie D'Amelio, if that's how you say her name, right? She's famous, she's TikToking her way to the top and she's awesome, right? Or like Drake or Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever. You have someone who you idolize, someone who you look up to. And when you look at the history of celebrities, you tend to see that a lot of these people are suicidal, are struggling with so many different things. And, and you look at them, people who have taken their lives after they say they've got it all. And you're saying, what the heck? You, you've richly, you literally got everything that I wanted. You've got money, you've got status, you've got fame, you've got friends, you've got all of these things, but you choose to take your life? Those are the things that I desired for my life. You know, how selfish of you. But the truth is that void could, couldn't have been filled by anything, whether it was money, status, whatever it was, friends. It couldn't be filled by those things. It can only be filled by God, your maker. You return to your maker. So the Bible is just as relevant to us today as it was when it was written thousands of years ago. While technology changes, mankind's nature and desires do not change. And in order to live a purposeful life, we must have an intimate relationship with God. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture is God All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking and correcting. Um, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I just read that leading to our next point in that you may have a lot of questions, right? They call them the big questions of life. So you, as we just said, what's the purpose of life? Does God approve homosexuality? Is there life after death? How do I know I'm going to heaven? Why is the world full of evil? Is God in the Old Testament the same as God in the New Testament? Does he change? These are all great questions, but guess what? The Bible answers all of them. All of those questions that you come up asking your leaders and, and that, you, that you say, how come and how come? They're all in the Bible. You don't need us to answer that. You just need to spend time reading God's word and you'll find it for yourself. It's written in the Bible. And more specifically, those answers are found not only directly in the Bible, but you find them through the understanding of who God is and the character of God. In his character, you find answers to things that you're unsure about. In his character, by knowing him better, you find answers. I'll give you an example. Imagine this, right? You have this friend and... You spend time, lots of time with this person, right? 
But the time is only spent with you speaking. They don't speak at all and you don't give them room to speak back. But it's just you speaking, you speaking, you speaking. And I come up to you and I ask, what do you know about this other person? You won't really have much to say. You don't really know the other person because you just spent all your time focusing on yourself. You spent all the time talking and talking and talking and the time wasn't spent on on the other person, on the other side of the relationship that wants to get to know you but you haven't given him room to speak. And perhaps that might be you with your relationship with God. Are you speaking to God but you're not giving him room to talk back? Give God room to talk back. Read his Bible and listen to what he has to say. Another thing that the Bible also helps with is false teaching. There's so much false teaching, unfortunately, happening in our society, in our churches, in our everywhere happening these days. But the Bible is your measuring stick to sort of distinguish the truth from the error. It tells you what God is like. And to actually have a false impression of God, to teach a version of who we think God is, not truly who God is, if we are teaching something who we think God is like, is to actually, is the wrong sort of impression and it is to worship an idol or a false God. It's not truly who God is if you're not speaking about the gospel and who God is in his character. And unfortunately, this is becoming more and more prevalent in our churches today. We've got things like, in our society, social movement and supporting homosexuality and protesting. And it's all becoming more and more inclusive um, um, in our churches. I'm not saying whether some of these things are right or wrong, but I'm saying you need to find out these answers. And you need to know what does the Bible have to say about them. Because if you call yourself a Christian... You have to have the same point of view as the Bible. You can't have some and some. Like, I, I agree with some things, but some things I don't like, so I leave that out. No. There has to be a full unity with the Bible and the Word of God. Also, another thing that the Bible does is that it leads to maturity. Um, by regularly reading your Bible, by regularly reading God's Word, our thinking is going to grow in maturity and it's actually part of our calling as Christians to be led towards maturity. Ephesians 4:14 to 16 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by the winds of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and build, builds itself up in love, and each part does its work. I'll ask you this question, have you ever met a mature Christian who does not regularly spend time reading their Bible? doesn't exist. If you see someone who you look up to and you say that person has something special, that unique flair, that, that, that spark that only comes from God, that person must spend time reading the Bible. There is no mature Christian who does not spend time reading their Bible. 
And again, practically, how do I read my Bible? How can I build a regular pattern that sticks with me? Before, you have to understand that reading your Bible is actually a spiritual discipline, which means that you need to be disciplined in how you approach it as well. And if anyone lacks the desire to read their Bible, pray. Pray. Pray and ask God to help you read your Bible. If you're unsure where to start, where to go, all of them things, pray. God wants to hear from you and God wants to help you to give you the desires to read the Bible and to approach it. God will give you those desires if you pray. Then after that, build into your daily practical time a moment in a day where, for example, after you come back from school, you set a dedicated time where you sit down and say, all right, four o'clock is exactly when I'm going to read my Bible every single day. You have to have a time, a structure that leads to um, a continuation of the habit. Create a habit of reading your Bible. You know, we have, we have more bad habits in our lives than good habits. And I think it's time for us to create good habits. It's time for us to to put and dedicate times in our lives where we can really have uh, a time for that. And use us as leaders. We, let us be accountable to you. Let us tell you that, you know, Dave, Shads, Tara, Rana, Michelle, Joe, Lydia, I, I've, I haven't read my Bible today. Like, we'll encourage you, we'll help you to, you know, and we'll create plans with you. Um, for example, Joe with his group, he has a dedicated Bible study time. Like, there are ways for us to help you in this. You don't need to be alone. I'm not saying go pray and expect a miracle that you're going to read your Bible tomorrow and forever. Like, great if you do, but I'm just saying we're here to help you in that process. And we want to help you in that process. And in that, I'm nearly done. Um, we have to approach our Bible correctly rightly and reading our bible on a regular basis is a great start and it's important to approach the bible in a proper manner and it's easy for us to get into you know a habit of trying to focus only on application of the bible and that is absolutely necessary and i, I agree with that um, that it's appropriate to, to apply the bible to your life but sometimes we miss the point in that we read the Bible and we just think, okay, what do I need to know now? Like, what, what, what is God trying to tell me in this exact moment, right? That we silence the Bible in its context. The Bible is, is written as, as things that have happened in, in, in historical times and things like that. And it will speak to your life and it will shape your life. But it also has contexts. It, it, it starts in the Old Testament, it goes into the New. Identify what the story is also telling you. What happened at those times. Build, build your knowledge of understanding why it was written, how it was written, where it was written, for what purpose was it written. All these things are also just as important as you getting something out of it and to apply in your practical life. Don't miss that, it's important. Read your Bible in context. And at the end, always ask, what is the text saying about the character and nature of God? And I'll just end with this, guys. But whether you like it or not, 
when you read the Bible, it's going to change you. Whether you like it or not, it's going to change you. There is no human being who has interacted with Jesus or with God that was not changed. For better or for worse. Because at the end of the day, you have a choice to accept God or to reject God. But you will be impacted and you will be shaped in one way or another. You have the option to refuse, you have the option to accept, but you will be changed. But I just want us tonight, guys, that if you haven't been reading your Bible, or perhaps not reading your Bible on a regular basis, it's time for you to pick up that Bible and start reading it. That Bible is going to shape you today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your days that you are on earth. It's going to make you a better person and a better Christian, a better potentially husband and wife and, and father and, and, and daughter and son. All these things, it makes you better, but it also helps you to understand God and to love God. And that's why you become better, by getting to know Him and by getting to, to, to understand Him and to love Him more. I'll finish on these um, verses. Jeremiah 29:13 says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a promise from God to man. That when you seek God, you will find him. When you seek him with all your heart. So if you truly want to find God, if you truly want to understand God and get into a relationship with him, you have to seek him with all your heart. God doesn't want a quarter of who you are. God doesn't want half of who you are. God wants all of who you are to be His and to serve Him for the rest of your days. Psalm 119 um, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's exactly what the Bible is. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It shows you where to go and how to go there. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrows, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible is real. The Bible is active. God is active. God wants to know you and and, and get to know you further and further. But just as he's always taking steps towards you and he's always extending his hand out to you, it's your time to grab onto his hand and say, God, I truly want to know you more. I truly want to know you better. And that might be hard for you because you perhaps spend a lot of time on on different social media platforms and then things that distract you. But what's more important than getting to know your maker? What's more important than being in a relationship with God? What's more important than your salvation? What's more important than saving the people in your life and helping them along their journey as well as your journey? The purpose of life is essentially not for your own enjoyment. That's the hard truth and you have to accept it whether you like it or not. Accept it at your own terms and at your own time, but that's the truth. This life is not lived for you and the pleasures that you can gain from this life here on earth. This life is lived for God. He's not forcing you and you have the option to do whatever you want to do. But if you truly want to have the most satisfying life, someone told me this 
um, when I was in youth, a life with Christ is not an easy life, but it's the most satisfying life. And that's truly what it is. From the 22 years that I've had here on earth, I can truly tell you that a life without God is meaningless, is purposeless, and it leads to destruction. But a life with God leads to fulfillment, satisfaction, love, care, support, enjoyment, purpose. A life with Christ is so important. Read your Bible, guys. Read, read, read. If you don't have a Bible, speak to one of our our leaders and we'll get you a Bible. But truly, if you're living a Christian life, a so-called Christian life, without speaking, praying, and reading your Bible, that is the Word of God, as we said today, you're missing out. And I'm not here to judge, but you're dangering yourself from that. So we'll pray and we'll get to you, Mark. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the time that we just had. We um, pray, Lord, that you help us on our walks, Lord. We're all on different journeys and we're all in different situations, Lord. But we just pray that uh, you be in the midst of our, our, our lives and our situations, Lord. And you help us to pick up the Bible and read the Bible and to understand your character and your love and your care for us, Lord. That you truly give us this book for us to live Um, our best lives, our most fulfilling lives, Lord, that we wouldn't neglect this, that we wouldn't put it aside and say, I'll read tomorrow, I'll read tomorrow. We've been doing that for years on end, Lord, and we just pray that you move us, you challenge us, and you help us to take practical steps into doing this, Lord, but to also use each other, use this fellowship and this network, Lord, to, to, to help each other along this journey, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.